Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Welcome to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. This is Bob Defendi, and this afternoon, Daniel uh, asked for uh, a guest host on the show, and when we were talking about topic ideas, I decided that the topic that I wanted to hear the most about was Daniel and Dungeon Crawlers Radio, and he's always asking the questions, so I never get to hear about it. So we're going to be selfish today, and I'm going to ask him questions, and he's going to give us answers. Yay, it gets flipped on me today. Yes, Absolutely. So, like a week ago, you were like all vague booking about some sort of a, some sort of a contract deal, and yeah. I want to know about it. So, um, I got to sign my first publishing contract, which was kind of awesome. Uh, it was with Curiosity Quills, because I had written a short story for Jason King's uh, Valkoria Awakens anthology. That's awesome. Um, so, Jason had read my very, very rough draft of my novel... Because I, I sent it to him to kind of give me some pointers and give me some ideas because I wasn't in a writing group or anything at the time. And he read through it. He loved it. And he's like, so I'm doing this anthology. Are you interested in writing for it? And I'm like, uh, yes. But what's it about? And he's like, here's the book. Uh, read through it. And then uh, you're going to take this group of individuals with this power and then write a story about it. And so tell us a little bit about the... What, you, what can you tell us about the anthology and what can you tell us about the story itself? So, so the anthology is based off of his world, which is Valkoria, which is a book he wrote uh, a while ago. And so it's kind of post-apocalyptic where you're kind of like Shannara, mm-hmm. where the world has come to an end and then this fantasy, fantasy-type setting has now evolved where you've got knights and stuff like that. and can't, uh, There is some... There, there's, I would say it's kind of... It's got pistols and cannons in it, so maybe 15, 1600s uh, European-type setting. And in the series, there's some individuals that have powers blossoming, but there's also some ancient technology from back in the the old civilization that's Mm -hmm. starting to appear. And so these Kylar, which are these people with gifts and power, there's kind of like 12 different kind of like tribes or groups of people that have different powers. And so uh, he took a group of us authors and said, okay, you get this power, you get this power to deal with, and you get this power to deal with. So mine was uh, ele- control of elementals. Ah. And so I was kind of sitting there going, 
Hmm, how do I do this without making it Avatar? <laughs> well, you, uh, elements or elementals? So, so you, elements. Be, you beat my yeah, ass elements. at a choose your, choose yeah. your own apocalypse with elementals. With elementals, and yeah. I think that's kind of why he kind of gave it to me. But, um, yeah, so it, these, these individuals control the elements. Um, and generally, they pick one element, and that's what they use. But there are some that can use all of them, but they end up really burning themselves up qu- quickly and dying. Okay. Or they can overuse their powers. Like So there's an entire mountain range that was created that was thrusted up. It's kind of a barrier wall by one of these individuals uh, using his power over the earth. Okay. And so yeah, it's kind of this balance. And so I went about, found the story. Um, it's about a 14-year-old boy who really, he's been sheltered all of his life. Um, and, I, and I had some, a lot of fun kind of interconnecting my story with Jason's first novel okay, and making yeah. it fun with that way. And then I just really put this 14-year-old through the ringer, <laughs> which was really fun. Um, and then the, very, the story pretty much ends with everything coming together and him embracing who he really is. But the, the whole time he goes kicking and screaming. He's a snot-nosed little 14-year-old that decides to wander off because um, he's fishing with his grandfather and he's he's been told never wander off. You, you you have to be here. I'm I'm here to protect you. Don't right. wander off. Bad things happen if you do, and bad things do. And then the it just spirals down from there. But it's it was a fun ride. It was a fun story, That's and awesome. I learned a lot uh, from the editing with Jay, or with Jason on it. So what other irons do you have in the fire right now? What else are you working on? So I do have a novel that I'm working on, um, which is really cool. It's an urban fantasy. Um, I took a really cool idea, and this is what really started me. I've always wanted to write. I used to write stuff um, long, long ago as a kid, but I was told to get a real job. Um, and, and back then, they didn't have creative writing classes, so my English teachers were just like, no, you're not writing this stuff. You're going to write this stuff, which I hated. So I kind of quit doing it. And then you know, I've been writing modules for D&D and role-playing games for years, and... Um, I was actually the last conduit, and James Wymore was like, you can do this. You can totally write. You could do it. Just do it. Right. You know, take the leap. And so I did um, and, and wrote an entire novel that summer. Um, some people still think I'm insane because I wrote uh, all 92,000 words on my iPad on the touch keyboard. Oh, that's rough. Um, it was rough. Now I use a laptop, uh, which is much easier. <laughs> but... Uh, it was easy. I just had my laptop or my iPad with me everywhere, and so I just the ideas would come, and I just type. Right. Um, so that was fun. I, I'm excited about it. Uh, it, it is going to be published. Um, I know. So Immortal Works is really interested in, in picking it up, and so I'm just finishing up the edit on that and getting that over to them, and then we'll see where that goes. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So what can you tell us about that? What's your hook? What's so your- so it's an urban fantasy. Um, it's set in the future a little bit. It's not too far, but. Uh, all fossil fuels are depleted. There, you know, the Arabian Desert. There's no more fuel there, and the, the place is just a disaster area. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're mining for other forms of fuel. They found this really po- this possible deposit in, in Ireland, and they're digging, and they hit a a void space, and a dragon comes out. So the premise is dragons have been around since dinosaurs, and how they escaped. You know, from dying from the asteroid is they used their magic and burrowed deep underground and were protected. Okay. Um, and the dragons were really cool. I, I meshed them between Eastern and European dragons. So they they look like European dragons, but they control elements. Mm-hmm. So that was fun uh, doing that. And the story is centered around two brothers. 
And so it's pretty much one brother went on a mission over there. Things happen. He needs to be rescued, and the other brother goes to save him. And it was lots of fun. So without giving away too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to. No. I mean, they got to buy the book. They do. Right. It, they already bought mine. Yes. So now, that we, now we got to get them to buy yours. But pretty much, it, it's a fun ride. Um, and I did a lot of research. I'm not a big gun nut, but I know enough people that are. And so I used, uh, you know, I talked to them about that, how guns work and stuff like that, and bombs and all sorts of things. Um, I put in a lot of witty references to, you know, because I'm a, I'm a big geek. So uh-huh. there, there may be a mention, uh, a reference to a bat cave or, or things oh, right, like right, that right, or, right. or Star Wars somewhere uh, yeah, snuck in there. Might sneak it, right. But without saying it blatantly where right. Disney and Lucasfilms will come and attack me or, or even Marvel. Well, you know, you, you can, yeah. your characters can talk about it as long as it's fair use. Yeah. 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 So there's, there's some of that stuff that I've thrown in there, which was really fun kind of throwing that in because I have one character that's kind of a geeky guy. Mm-hmm. But then I've also thrown some other characters in there that have similar names to some people I know, um, which may or may not end up dead in the storyline. <laughs> Is one of them Wymore? No, no, no. Is one no, of them? No, no. Is one of them James Waves no. Jymore? No, no. <laughs> no. Um, a friend of mine, Scott. His, okay. his, his he, uh, he's part of the Ghostbusters of Salt Lake, and his name he goes by is uh, Marcus Silver. So that ended up in there. Oh, okay. Um, he he ended up being a scientist that discovered something important, and then. Um, there, there's a, a specialist, a covert specialist in there that his last name is Wells. Uh, he, uh, something happens to him, not really friend, good, but read the book and you'll find out. Uh, and there's a couple other characters, which just kind of witty. I have a protagonist that uh, that's fun, he's enjoyable, he was really fun to write. Um, the brother was fun to write. The, the hardest part, though, was I had so many voices and I had to kind of pick one. Because I, I, when I first wrote it, it was like everyone's voice was coming in. And then I had to kind of say, okay, this person is the voice here. And this person's the voice there. Yeah, wait till you try comedy. Yeah, <laughs> that one I don't know if I can pull off yet. <laughs> yeah, no, reading your book you. After reading your book, I'm like, wow, I don't I, know if I can touch this one oh yet. My, no, there, there are whole times where I'd be like, uh, I just got like 15 D'Amico jokes that I want to tell. And I can't because D'Amico's not in the room. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And that's the hard part, too, is because you, know, you have a character and you, you want to force this in, but that character doesn't know. Right. And so it's like, okay, um, how do I put that in there? We didn't talk a lot about that in Buffy. He'd be like, you know, you'd come up with the perfect joke and you'd be like, but that's a Xander joke. Yeah. Xander's not in the scene, mm-hmm. so you just can't tell the joke. Yeah. You got to find a different joke. Yeah. It's yeah. it's hard to get the different voices. So, um, I mean, we talk a little, about a lot of, or you do. I'm not on the show very often. <laughs> uh, you talk about a lot of different uh, geek things. Yes. On the show, but what is your geekdom? What's your core? What makes your geek flag fly? Uh, so, like, what do you go home what, to roost, geek wise? So, okay, all right. Star Wars, obviously. Right. Okay. Uh, comics, comic books, Transformers. Um, those are probably the you know D and D stuff like that. Uh, those are probably the biggest ones. Um, what started it was probably Transformers. Oh really? Um, okay. Where, where like I actually the pre like uh, yeah, eighty movie, like, eighty four movie even before then. So yeah. like the cartoon series. Right. I mean, yes, I, I have physically seen every Star Wars movie in the theater. Okay. Um, barely. Barely. 
Uh, Not I, quite was, as old as I me. was born in '77, so fairly, yeah. Um, so I was made the same year Star Wars was. Uh, but where I really remember, you know, wanting to go and having to watch or, or participate in it was Transformers. Like I would wake up every morning to watch on Saturday morning cartoons Transformers. Um, you know, back in the days where trying to set a uh, your VCR to record wasn't you know electronic it was a click and toggle type situation right right um, I would do that I, I figured out how to program our VCR before my parents did so I could record my transformer episodes and watch those so that so kind of crushed when Optimus died um, see I wasn't one of those kids you know I I loved the movie oh, I love I, the movie I mean in, in fact I have it I have the that and I even have the soundtrack and I have the digital copy and I've got just the song you've got the touch oh I, I have that and dare yeah, yeah, those yeah. are my two favorite songs but and, and those are the songs that I, whenever I'm kind of feeling blah I always belt those yeah you know, or when I'm getting ready for an event I, I play those songs what do you think about the iconic. new films so I love the fact that they have Peter Cullen doing the voice of Optimus because right. that's really the only voice in my opinion I've seen oh, some, yeah. I've seen some of the other Transformers cartoons they've done and it, without his voice it just it's not there it just doesn't feel the same yeah, to me yeah Optimus Prime and Car from Knight Rider yeah yeah um, which was and I so when they did the reboot of uh, Knight Rider with Val Kilmer as the voice of Kit yeah I think they brought Peter Cullen back to do the voice of Car yeah they did now it was really cool until the car transformed into a giant killing robot which I'm just like no <laughs> that, that yeah but um, no, I, the movies that I liked, but the movies have been. I liked okay. the first one. They've been okay. I it's I still buy them. I still watch them, but it's just not the same. It doesn't have that same magic. I, I did. I genuinely liked the first one. Yeah, it was it was on two that they lost me. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, two is the one with Devastator, which was just horrible, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two is the. I think two is the one where they wrote. Israel off the map. They have them yeah. cross the border from Egypt to Syria. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, most, of, most of that was done during what the the writer strike too. Yeah. yeah and so yeah. Michael Bay did a lot of it. And it was and, the one where they leave a uh, uh, um, museum in um, in Washington D.C. and walk into a desert. Yeah. Which you know D.C. is in the swamp. Yeah. 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 So um, there's some problems with it. Yeah. We'll see about the next one. I'm kind of disappointed that Hot Rod which they've announced is going to be in it doesn't look anything like his counterpart in the cartoons because I actually like that character. That was right. a fun character. Rodimus Prime. Yes, I, I actually have one at home, unopened. A Rodimus Prime action figure and an unopened Optimus Prime. They're that, that my two awesome. favorite characters. Um, now, you said in, I think, two podcasts ago, maybe okay. one, yes. uh, that uh, your parents were Star Trek fans? My parents are Star Trek fans. How did, that, did, that, did that feed into your geekdom? Did they nurture you as a young geek? So, um, Star Trek was always playing. Uh-huh. Always playing. You know, Next Generation. We always sat and watched it. We watched it a lot. Um, my parents were went so far as joining a Star Trek club, I guess is what uh-huh. you would call it. Okay. Um, everyone was segregated into their departments. All if right. you wanted to gain rank advancements, you took tests, which was pretty much Star Wars trivia. Uh, like if you were in the engineering department, you asked, you answered questions based on engineering specs, based on the episodes and the movies. Uh, I went to one of those. Um, it was okay. I got stuck into engineering just because I was smart and they thought that would be the best place for me. And then we went to this dinner meetup, 
where we were meeting with a Klingon ship. And every, all the people there that were Klingons were dressed as Klingons. And I'm just like, where the heck am I? I'm thinking this at 10 years old. Um, just, I still don't cosplay. <laughs> um, I will dress up on Halloween, but I won't cosplay. I, I don't know. That's just where I draw the line. It's kind of weird. But, yeah, somehow out of that, uh, I just, I, I, I'm not Did a you fan. ever do the Star Trek simulator in um, Pleasant Grove? Uh, yes, I've done that. I've yeah. done, we've done that a couple times. Um, in fact, there's one also. So there's one in Pleasant Grove. There's one out in Saratoga Springs that just recently opened up. Nice. Um, there's the one at the Christa, the one that was uh, in Lynn, Christa McAuliffe Space Center. Christa McAuliffe was in Pleasant Grove, but they might have moved it. Yeah, so when Jolita Clegg was here, she ran that. She had yeah. us do that. We ran through that. We barely lived. And that was really fun. I brought a bunch of friends, and we actually did it as part of the, the show. The computer used to cheat when I was doing it. Yeah. We, we lost our engines. Our life support was failing. Um, the only thing that uh, we had no weapons. The ship was on board. We were infected with an alien virus, and we literally had like 20 seconds before our ship would explode because somehow one of the torpedoes in our torpedo bay activated and was going to detonate. And we're like... Does the transporter work? And they're like, yes. And so we literally got it to beam over with two seconds left, beamed it onto the other ship, and then the other ship exploded. <clears throat> My favorite moment in, a, uh, in the simulator, we did about five missions when mm-hmm. I was uh, back when it was starting. Um, and uh, we had these two, the Llewellyn brothers, Gary and Scott Llewellyn. And one of the times Gary was the captain, and um, the, re- the computer reports that uh, the enemy ship was scanning the bridge, mm-hmm. and it thought that they were trying to find the captain to beam him off and without sharing a look scott was playing the security chief mm-hmm. gary was playing the captain without sharing a look gary got out of the cha- captain's chair walked away scott walked over sat in the, ga- in the captain's chair pantomiming carrying two phasers nice <laughs> Just not even a look between them yeah. that's that's two brothers in in perfect in sync. sync he's like yeah. and i look over at him and he looks at me like i this i've seen them they're like eight and twelve year olds i yeah. can take them <laughs> <laughs> no, it was lots of fun. I mean, uh, yeah, on that mission, we had one of my friends brought his uh, his girlfriend's son, and he was our engineer. Uh-huh. And to get into the engine area was this little crawl space, and he was literally running down and diving through that thing <laughs> and, to get back there and, and fix things. It was the Jeffrey Stoops. Yeah, it was just lots of fun. That's so, awesome. What? See, doing that, I don't mind Star Trek because right. it, it's interactive. But sitting there watching those episodes, just no, just didn't float my boat like Star Wars does. Yeah, no, I and I love Star Trek. Uh, I said it was my first love, but yeah. Star Wars, uh, it didn't just change my life; it changed everybody's life. Yeah. you know, I was, I, I remember, I remember before and after Star Wars, and yeah. there were two different worlds. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't imagine sitting in an X-wing flying down the trench to go deliver, the, you know, right. the bombs to the Death Star and blow it up, or or racing across Hoth on a Tauntaun. That, yeah, that'd be sweet. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Okay. I discovered you about, I don't know, four or five years ago, maybe? Yeah. Um, how did the show start? What? So it's been eight years. Is it? Okay. Which is crazy to think. So I wanted to get on air um, at a local radio station. I, I was really bored. I've been working, I had been working IT for almost... 12 years at that point, got really burnt out, and you know, decided to go for a career change, submitted my resume uh, to a radio station, um, 
because my wife is like, okay, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I want to do radio. It's something I always want to do. And back in high school, we made stupid, silly, goofy radio and TV right. uh, videos. And I'm like, that's something that was fun. I enjoyed mm-hmm. doing it back then. That'd be something that'd be fun to do now. And she's like, okay, well, you can do it. I'm like, no, I can't do it. They never have job openings. Never, ever. And she's like, well, just look. I'm like, fine. I'm going to prove to you that they don't ever have job openings. So I, I pulled up the local radio station. I'm like, look, they don't. They have a job opening. Uh. So I sent my resume without even having an interview. They hired me. And so I was a tech guy. I got to go out on remotes, and I would sit there with the talent and give away prizes, which was fun. It was a nice side job. I got tons of free stuff through that. But then I'm like, okay, I want to get on air. I want to, I'm like, I'll work for free. I'll work overnight, whatever. And like, you can't get on without experience. I'm like, well, how do I get experience if you won't let me get on the air? The, uh, behind the microphone, they're like, well, you got to figure that out. So Somebody's got to die or be injured or something. Yeah, so I ended up going, all right, let's figure this out. And I went home, and I'm like, what about a podcast? That'll give me some experience. So I went and talked to my buddy, um, Malik, which used to be on the show long, long ago. And I'm like, so I'm thinking of doing a podcast, but I don't know what to talk about. And he's like, well, let's talk about geek stuff. We know we do geek stuff. We've been role-playing. We, we know about that stuff. Let's, let's do that. It's like, you know how to do the, start the recording and everything. I'm like, yeah, I've already ordered all the, the equipment. It's on its way. Let's do that. He's like, okay. I'm like, so what do we call ourselves? He's like, hmm. And we're in his basement, and there's literally bars on the basement windows. He's like, well, so we're going to be talking about D&D. Let's just call ourselves Dungeon Crawlers. I'm like, all right, great. So I look on mine, and there's already someone that has that name as, as a game. I'm like, okay, so we're going to have to add radio to this, so let's go uh. with that. He's like, all right, deal. Um, two weeks later, the equipment arrived. We did our very first podcast, which was two hours long. Um, and just started doing two-hour-long podcasts, which was insane, and now they're much shorter. Uh, no one has two hours <laughs> through an entire podcast, so I'm, I'm amazed our listeners did that. Um, so that's, where, that's how it started. Humbly, in the basement. So when did it take off? Um, it took off roughly... So that was in December of 08. And then May of 09, we went Jesus, to... Jesus, it's the fuzz. Yeah, we, we, we went to Conduit. Um, and at Conduit, we came in. Someone had heard our show and invited us. And we, had, we hadn't done any interviews in any way, shape, or form. And they're like, yeah, let's interview some of the authors... Let's get some people in and talk. And we're like, that, that'd be awesome. And so we get in there, and they gave us a list of all the authors, and I had done some research and everything. And they're like, okay, so we've scheduled Howard Taylor to sit with you first. Okay. And I'm like, all right. I have no clue who this is, but I got my, my list, my cheat sheet. So we sit down. He brings Howard over to us, and I realize all my research is missing. It's not with me. It's not in my backpack. It's not in the bag. It's like, uh, crap. And so, Howard looks at me and goes, and, and, and Malachi goes, oh, great. They set me with someone that has absolutely no clue who I am, and now I have to sit here through this crappy interview. And I'm just like, yay. <laughs> and so, we do the interview with Howard. And Howard was nice, but we, there was just this edge. And we're just like, okay, yay. And then we finish the interview, and we look at each other we're like, we're never doing that again. Never. <laughs> and then they bring us Dan Wells, which was completely opposite. Right. Dan was great and, and super nice, and he's like, okay, so um, 
yeah, I do this little podcast called Writing Excuses, and this was lots of fun, so we're going to do it here. Come in, we'll, we'll pimp your show a little bit. So we're like, okay. So we went in, we went to do the show. With Howard Taylor. With yeah, so and then we realized Howard's in there too. <laughs> like, oh great, how's this gonna go over? And then they look at each other and they're like, um, "Did you bring the equipment? No, I didn't bring the equipment. Did you bring the equipment? No, I thought you brought the equipment. So they had left their equipment at home, and they're supposed to be recording from here. And I'm like, we have our equipment. Want us to record it? And they're like, would you? Like, sure. <laughs> so we ran back, unhooked everything, brought it in, and then they they did. They ran a, our little dungeon crawler blip for like four or five weeks oh that's awesome and then we got we got more people but i really i don't think we really we got we went from 35 downloads a show to actually hitting a couple hundred mm-hmm. it was probably in 2011 though when we went to gen con we started mm-hmm. going to other conventions other than little conduit where we really hit our stride and okay. people started listening to us and now, do attention. I remember that you were actually recording out of a radio station at one point? We were. So, yeah, um, yeah for a while there was a local internet radio station called Utah FM that we, and it was actually after that conduit, someone had heard about us and uh-huh. brought us in-house. So we were doing it from there, which was really fun. We got to play music and, and that. And so that's, we kept to the two-hour uh, two limit at that point because, you know, 45 minutes of that was music. Right. But um, And that was lots of fun, but unfortunately that kind of went away uh-huh. and then we were kind of okay what do we do next right so that's when we went back to the podcast well, but we we're still doing it live one thing i think that your listeners can get out of this story is adaptability oh yeah i mean you have um, to be you've been dcr has been knocked off its feet many times yes and it's managed to get back up each time there's been a pedestal kicked out from us quite a few times I mean, um, you lost you lost half your talent yep and a then, couple times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Malik you, decided he wanted to pursue another passion because, you know, I was wanting to get it to be something more than just a hobby where right. it was just a couple friends hanging out and talking and he didn't really want to go to that extent. Right. So he's like, okay, I'm going to go pursue something else. So that was awesome. You know, and then we had, and then a few years later, we had another sweep where talent left. And it was like, okay. You know, and that was after another convention. You know, how how do I go from here? And there's been several opportunities just to say, okay, I, I've I've done enough. I can hang up the hat and still say, you know, proudly that what I've done. But you know, every t- I, I still love doing this. Mm. So I'm just like, okay, how am I going to pick this up next? Yeah. So yeah, well, I've, I've had to. And that's one of the things that I think we all want to. I mean, you talk in your in your promos about how you yeah. want to take the show to the next level yeah. you want to what what do you see the next level being where do you where do you want to take the show what do you want to do with it see this would be fun if it was a day job mm-hmm. you know you see like people like Chris Hardwick uh, doing Nerdist you see right. like Will Wheaton doing Tabletop and making money at it you know I do this out of the pure joy of it you know mm-hmm. it would be nice to make money um, I mean everyone anything that anyone starts they want to make money at it eventually right. um and I've been trudging along for eight years, hoping that that would be the outcome. But, you know, there has been a lot of other rewards in the long run as well. You know, without the show, I wouldn't have gotten back into writing, which is a passion I had when I was younger. Um, yeah, it was yeah. Wymore, because of the show, told you you needed to... Yeah. Was it Wymore that told yeah. you you needed to yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was Wymore, which he's been on the show. Right. Um, yeah, and you never would have known him if it wasn't yeah. for the show. 
and you know there's there's all these authors, all these publishers I know. You wouldn't so, get to hang out with Tracy Hickman if yeah, it wasn't for the show. So I have all these avenues, and if it hadn't been for the show, I wouldn't have had those. You know, there's you know, I the rough draft I'd send to Jason. You know, not, if it wasn't for the show, I wouldn't have known him. Right. If it wasn't, you know, and I sent it to Michael Brent. Um, and he gave me some really good pointers, and you know, and, and some great poop jokes. And he always gives poop jokes. In fact, you know, even at Comic Con, I tried to curb the poop jokes off by throwing it out there first, and he just, you know, he just put it over the top on top of that. Yeah. So no, you um, got to really take the poop joke. Yeah. Um, and you got to own the poop joke. I mean, yes. you can't not have poop jokes. You've got to do better poop jokes than him. Yeah. Uh, which means there's still going to be poop jokes. Yes. Yeah. Because he'll always one up you. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it, it's been great for that. There's been other opportunities that have come from from the show. And the best part is, is when I always bring people on to being the show, I always want to help them. Right. Uh, and there's been a lot of avenues for other people to do things. You know, I've had people that uh, have come on for just a short while, but they've gone on. You know, they wanted to be able to write and on other things, and they found avenues to, to do those things. Well, that's really why I wanted to do this tonight when you uh, Facebook today that you needed somebody to come in and help because everybody canceled on you today. Um, well, they had good reasons. Uh, they, they did. They did. They had it's great kind of reasons. funny. It's I mean, kind it of funny how those stars aligned on this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it happens. I mean, they all had great reasons. And, and that, that happens. Um, but the first thing that went through my mind was uh, I, I was the first one who said yes, but I was like, he's going to think I want to plug my book. And I don't want to plug my book because I've plugged my book twice recently. I want to come on. I want to give the re- listeners something about you because mm-hmm. we never get to hear about you. No, no. Uh, nobody ever asks you questions. No, it's kind of funny because... You're the enigma. You're the thing. You, you and I talked a little bit. You know, Even when we're running the show, I'm still covertly interviewing the other hosts on the show. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind I know of everything funny. is going on with Jess. Yeah, so everyone knows what's going on with Jess or Jared or Scott yeah, or yeah. Josh or Aaron and it's kind of funny because... I didn't even realize I was doing it until you kind of mentioned that. I'm like, yeah, oh, no, wow, no. I kind of am doing that do the it. Like, time. The, like the, the episode I came on where I wasn't plugging anything, I just came, kind of came on and hung out. Yeah. Um, you were, I, I learned everything about everybody there except for you. Yeah. You know, um, so, uh, yeah, so I wanted to, I, I really wanted to pull you out and get your stuff out there because, uh, um, you know, the two times that you've advertised my book, I was... Uh, I was really grateful, and I wanted to start. I want to. I want to. I want to come on more than once and do this. I sure. want to come on when you when your book goes because uh, I don't. I don't trust that Jess is going to interview you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she might. She might be. Um, yeah. So this book sucks. Uh, uh, maybe read it if you want. No, I, I, I totally no, think no, she will. I, I, I totally. I totally she would. Think she, I, I totally uh, she, she wouldn't will. be that. I'm, I'm just joking. But what I'm saying uh, is, is, is that I think that uh, I think that. You know, uh, your listeners want to hear about you, and I want to hear about the show. And uh, it was—I was noticing it about a week ago. I was driving to work. I was listening to you talk about just some vague thing about the past of the show, and it was something I didn't know before. Um, and I was like, "Man, I want to—I want to know more about how the show started. I want to know more about the history that I, did, I wasn't a part of because well, I came in later." I mean, the funny thing when we started the show, you know, Malik and I sat down and said, "Okay, who are the top three guests that we want on the show?" Uh-huh. And, you know, we, we wrote our list, Tracy Hickman, Bob Salvatore, George Lucas. Uh, well, I've gotten three out of the – or two uh, out of the three. There, there's no way George Lucas is going to come on at this point, no. which is fine. But, you know, and, and then as we kept going, we kept adding but people. But Kathleen Kennedy stole a shot. That, that is true. Yeah. You know, we kept adding people to the list of, okay, this is someone that we'd love to, to get a photo with or whatever. And we've slowly, you know, 
thankfully with Comic-Con coming in, it's become a lot easier, of course. Right. Um, authors, any of the author guests were really easy to get to and bring them on the show because authors are always wanting to talk about you know, their stuff and we're, things we're like that. We're narcissistic. Well, and obviously, I mean, there, there's you have to because book sales, you're constantly having to work at that. Where like TV stars and movie stars, they've already, you know, once they're done, they've already been paid. They don't need right. to talk about it anymore. You know, true. Except for what they're contractually bound to do. And so it's really hard to get them to talk about anything. Now, I think that mentality is changing a little bit with some of the younger actors, like with the people that are doing the superhero stuff, because they're really kind of out there. You know, like Stephen Amell is constantly on Facebook, stuff like that. So it would be fun to get them on. But And, and part of it's corporate... Um, corporate... Um Community, what's the word? Uh, corporate environment, corporate uh, um, society. What's the word? I can't uh, think of it right. Yeah. Anyway, but, but, the, but Disney yeah. like actively promotes all of their people going yeah. out and doing the Marvel things at the children's hospitals. Yeah. Um, the um, corporate culture. Yes, that's yeah. it. Um, so uh, I think we're seeing a lot of a lot of these a lot of these companies realize that the that their employ that their customers make them you know yeah and they make them great um and that's always nice and a lot of the writers but there are writers i mean tracy uh, i don't know if we're allowed to tell the story but tracy learned everything about how not to do a book signing one week he spent with tom clancy one afternoon (laughs) um and uh you know there are people who do it badly you know the people who do it badly and treat their fans badly and because they're so big that they don't need to treat them well anymore yeah no, and I've run into some of that mentality as well, and it, it, it's difficult. But you know, there's a lot of a lot of other people that aren't that way, and they're oh, great. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some authors that we brought on the show that you know, their their books are amazing, but they never learned the skill of pitching their book or talking on the show, and the interview's kind of been stale. Yeah, and it's like, you know, and, and you can't teach that, and you can't push that so that's been difficult because it's like I really love that book and this was an amazing book but you're really stinking it up because you're not giving us anything and you know and then we've had some authors where they're just it's like okay tell us about the book and it's yeah it's just a royal piece of crap and I don't know why you'd buy it and I'm just like why would you do that (laughs) I mean this is your bread and butter why would you unless maybe that's his stick is just saying it's crap and people are going to go out and read it and go well I wonder why this is crap and read it Right. So, I mean, maybe that is the thing. But it's really tough when you have people on like that because it's like, why do I want to bring them back if they're always talking crap about things? So, but yeah, no, it, it's been a fun, fun ride. You know, and then bringing game designers on, adding that element to the game, to the show um, has been fun because, especially the Kickstarter developers, because they don't have a lot of exposure yeah. all the time. And then they love it and they're excited about the game. They have all this passion behind it and it's fun bringing them on to talk about it and getting an audience to them. Yeah. Nice. Well, you know, this interview has been a lot of fun too, but I think we're out of time. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we are. <laughs> wow. So uh, thank you so much for having me on. This That's is great. Thanks. I hope to come back again and uh, maybe when I'm having another sale or something. But, yes. Uh, but uh, I really hope to come on when you're when you have when you have something to sell. Yes. And uh, I can ask you like all sorts of soon. questions about it. Okay. All right. all right. Well, thanks. Thank you. Hey Dungeon Crawlers fans, it's time to really pull out the stops. So what we want to do is we want you to go like our Facebook page, like uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, follow us on YouTube, and not only that, tell your friends about us. If there is 
anyone in your life or even in at your work that you think loves geek, loves, you know, superheroes, comic books, gaming, anything in the realm of geek, tell them about our show. We want to make this the number one hit show out there. We want to uh, let get the news out there. We want our numbers to swell, and we want you and everyone else to join the Geek Revolution. So tell your friends about us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and we want to hear from you. We want this the best greatest and most entertaining interactive show out there you know most podcasts are not going to be delivering what we want to deliver this next year and so far we've had a great year it's all thanks to you and we just want to keep this rolling and make things even more possible we've got some great things in the works uh coming down the pipeline with some amazing interviews and the more people we can get listening to the show liking our pages the more interest we can get and the bigger uh, more entertaining interviews we can get so please 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 help us out with this because we want to bring some amazing content to you and we can't do it without your help so with that said i'm gonna say we're out of here and catch you next time and of course join the geek revolution